We're going to finish up a little bit from uh, um, chapter 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. <clears throat> we were talking about uh, some of the, the principles. We talked about four principles. We only got through two of them, the main two, um, in determining uh, the types of uh, things we're willing to go through for weaker brothers um, and... and uh, whether it's appropriate to do that. and uh, So in that, the first thing to discuss was whether somebody is a weaker brother or not, um, or, or whether that they, we classify them under something else. And, um, and we talked about the word offense uh, and making sure we understand what being offended really means, what it doesn't mean. Uh, so I want to uh, look at two other things in this text uh, in chapter eight. <coughs> excuse me. That um, that help us identify, um, maybe not if we're going to do it, but how we go about it. What is the intent of this entirety of this passage, this chapter eight? I mean, within the broader scope of unity, what is what is chapter eight trying to accomplish? For the weaker brother. If it's truly going to make them fall away from Christ, okay. don't do it. Okay. So so there's there's we're trying to preserve their faith and salvation. And there's something else that he begins the the discussion with something that is really uh, what he's trying to accomplish. He's just saying you've got the wrong. You're using the wrong tools for it. <laughs> what is he trying to accomplish? There, what? He says, knowledge puffs up, but love does what? Love edifies. That's really the purpose of this. The purpose is not to just tiptoe around somebody. The purpose is eventually to edify them. The purpose is eventually to bring them to the right position where they are not a weaker brother anymore. That's the intent. That's the whole goal of this. Where they can... A lot of churches treat or people treat the, the weaker brother as someone that's never going to advance beyond that point. Right? That's not the intent. He's just saying, listen, we've got to get you to here, but the tools beating people over the head with the hammer of knowledge is not going to get them there. So we're going to get them there with love. Eventually, we have to explain. So, so when there is an issue, it's not that we can't ever talk about it. We can't explain why they're inaccurate. It, it's just that comes at an appropriate moment in time. Right? There's a time and a place for it, and there's a time for us to say, let's, let's try to <coughs> coddle, I guess, in a way. They're, they're a weaker brother. They're, they're young in the faith. They don't understand. Okay, we can kind of get past this. It's not necessary. That's another thing that, that we could have talked about is, is, is something a vital element of faith or is it, you know, I'm not going to give that up, you know, because of their past. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. <coughs> right, a yes. Times. It may, but the majority of the time it's going to be a growth. Correct. 
Correct. So, um, so the last one, he says, what was his example personally? He just used an example. Okay, eating meat sacrificed to idol, and Romans we talked about has a but another uh, a, a couple under uh, other different items there. But I like verse thirteen. Let's pay close attention to verse thirteen. He says, "Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble." And the word "if" is important. In other words, he's using a rhetorical device here. It's it's a He's going to the extremes. In other words, it's not always necessary to go to that extreme. He's saying, if it was that bad, if it was this bad, there are a lot of times where you can come to a reasonable solution between. Right? That would be pre preferable. It would be preferable not to force a brother to give up what is a liberty. Right? He's saying, if it gets that bad, if the situation is that bad, this is the way we go. But it's not required. We don't have to jump to DEFCON 5 or 1, whichever way it goes. Uh, we, don't have to, we, have to, we don't have to take the most extreme course of action all the time. We can sometimes, people like, yeah, I, I really prefer not to, but I'm not going to get up and leave if you, you know, have a hamburger and I, I'm a vegan or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the, you know, the situation is. Uh, but um, so, so we just remember that this, this is a big if. And, and we do what's appropriate and necessary for the situation. So that's chapter 8. Let's get into chapter 9. We're still talking about uh, liberties and things like that. And he says, Am I, uh, we're going to read verse 1 through um, through verse 18. He says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. <clears throat> For you are my seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it just Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working. Whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock, do I say these things as a, a mere man, or does the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it the oxen that God is concerned about, or does he say it for our sakes? Well, obviously for our sakes, no doubt this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be a partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers in this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, <clears throat> but we endure all things so that we do not hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. I have used 
none of these things, however, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me, for it would be better for me to die than anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship, and what is my reward then? That, when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, so that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Okay. What, under the heading of liberties, what is he talking about generally speaking? What kind of liberties is he talking about in this chapter? Yep. Okay, so, okay, being paid. It talks about marriage. Those are the, basically the, the two things. We're going to get into both of these discussions. But there's a slightly different classification of liberty here. What kind of liberties are these? He calls them what? Is it not my what? Ah, that's different. What kind of things were we talking about in the previous chapter? We often don't get the difference in our culture. He's talking about privileges. Okay. In other words, uh, rights are a little bit higher of an order, right? Um, give you an example. We talk about the right to drive. I have a right to drive, right? <clears throat> no, you don't. You have a privilege. It's a privilege. I had, I had it taken away. I had a seizure. The government said, you can't drive. Just like that. Right? If it's a right, you can't take it away. If it's a, a real right, you cannot take it away. They can't say, um, you're sick, we're killing you. Right? The government can't do that. If they do, that's a, it's, a, it's an injustice, in other words. We recognize that. Because one is a privilege, one is a right. If it's a right, I have it, you can't take it from me. Now, I can give up rights, and we'll talk about that. I can give up my right. Hey, I have a right to a trial by jury. Everyone just assumes you go to court, you're going to be in front of a jury. You know, there are people every once in a while that are like, yeah, I trust a judge more than I trust this group of people. And they give up their right to a trial by jury and go in front of a judge. Not often. But it does happen because it's a, it's a right, but you can voluntarily give it up. Right? Can you give up your right to life? Well, what's this Okay, so that would be... But that would, that would be, a, that would be a, not a good example, but yes, I suppose. Well, what? Someone on death row can give up their ability to have it reviewed. Okay, all right, all right. Somebody that goes to war. Uh, see, so we're, we're all thinking about a person who should lose their life. But, but yeah, so there's a person that's volunteered uh, to give up their life. Uh, you, you, some of the most heroic stories are, are people who are like, listen, I'll hold this hill. You guys get away. Like Dunkirk is one of those. Right? If you ever read the story of Dunkirk. 
And people are like, we know we're going to die, but we're going to die over here so that 300,000 people can get off the beach. They volunteered that. They know they're, they're, not, they're not going to survive it. That, that's, that's a fait accompli. The entire German army's there. And so, so I've given up my right to life. Um, we can give up our rights, but they can't be taken away from you. So, so we're talking about something different. In the previous chapter, he's talking about things that Paul says, listen, in this particular situation... I expect you to give up these things if it gets to that point. But in chapter 9, you cannot be expected to give up these things. And he says, these are our rights. And what are the two again? Marriage. And? Payment. Okay, and payment. Now, he's voluntarily given up. Now, I don't know if uh, Barnabas had given up marriage. Doesn't sound it. Um, it sounds like he was just including him with the discussion of of whether he was paid as a minister or not. Uh, so <clears throat> what are the examples he uses? He first uses human examples. In other words, just Everyday life, right? We just used the situation from everyday life about military. What are his everyday life? Hospitality. Okay, well, he uses as illustrations of, of the point of, of having a right and being paid. Let's start with being paid. What, what are the illustrations? He spends more time there. Um, okay. Okay. I, I work really hard to maintain these things and to do all the work for this. You know, don't I get a little bit of that reward? Okay. Of doing all these things that go to everybody else. All right. So, so there's a couple of things. You can look at this in a couple of ways. First of all, you have a farm, right? If you work on a farm, guess what you have for breakfast? Stuff from the farm. Eggs. <laughs> You're eating eggs for breakfast. <laughs> like, ugh. That'd be enough. My kids like don't like it more than once a week, and if that, right? every day, eggs and some meat from something that was grown on the farm. Right? That's that's what you have because it's there. It's available. It's free. But he, he goes beyond that. He's like a shepherd, he, and he's talking about workers. In other words, um, a shepherd's tending. The way they they did it was shepherds shepherded a, a bunch of people's sheep, right? Um, so so they, would, they would go out with different flocks, and each flock had a, a name or whatever, and they, they knew that name. That's how you separated them. They could all be in one, and they could separate out <coughs> one, one group of, of sheep. I, I don't know how they did it. Uh, so the shepherd is hired. He's a hired hand. He doesn't own the sheep. And he's still, listen, uh, here's the sheep. They got some milk on them. I'm thirsty. And that, that was allowed. I know that's kind of nasty and gross, but we consider the time. Right? We, we think of that as, in, in our terms today, it's like, is that stealing from the employer? <laughs> right? uh, 
But there are arrangements like that. This is a common arrangement then. This is not, I, I used to work at a Burger King and uh, I would munch fries with the owner of the franchise. Not, not, the, not, not the store manager. I mean, the, the owner, of, he had multiple, he would come around and he'd be just chewing the fat with us. And uh, if it was down low, there was no, if it, was a, it wasn't a rush, and we just sit down munching fries out of a fry basket. It, it, was, it was an arrangement. I wouldn't have done that if, you know, uh, it, it's certainly not in front of him. But, but it was an arrangement he had. And it's, that's kind of the idea. He, there's an arrangement. I've never, I've never worked, a, I've worked so many restaurants, I've lost count, where you couldn't get free drinks. I, it just, it's just a thing. It's just an arrangement. And this is their arrangement. Right? That's their culture. You work in a vineyard. Uh, you're just kind of going along and you can munch some grapes. Right? You're not going to do me great damage. We're not talking about pilfering the supply store for your own good. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But he's, these are their cultural arrangements. And he uses this as an illustration. Listen, uh, going to the military is another one. He uses the military here. You go to war. You don't have to pay for your own food when you're in the military. And you, you, someone's going to pay for that. You might not get a great salary, but you're not going to have to worry about supporting yourself while you're there. So, <clears throat> he says, now do I say these things as a mere man? So now he's going to say, I'm going to use some religious examples. Let's go to the Bible and see if there are any other things in the Old Testament. What are the situations in the Old Testament that he uses? Okay, so he says the sacrifices. And what were the sacrifices used for? Okay, so priests and Levites. Yep, so uh, not just the priests, but, but the Levites. Anybody who's a descendant of Aaron, they, they're in groups and they come in and they take care of the temple. They might polish the shiny stuff or they might sweep, whatever they're doing. They take care of it. Uh, there's, there's people that do the music. There's people that do all, all these different things. That's the Levites. They do that. They don't have an inheritance. They don't have land that belongs to them like all the other tribes. So, so they get a, a duty. And so they're the ones that, that make use of the, the sacrifices or their food and their, their means to get stuff. <clears throat> so, so there's one example. And he says, it's not stealing from the temple. That's the arrangement. That's the arrangement with God. Okay? What's the other? <clears throat> this is an interesting one. What's the other illustration that he uses? Not muzzling an ox. Okay. I want you, let, let, we're going to pause this just a second because this is kind of nasty. <clears throat> he says, why was this written? Was this written for the ox? Did God care about the ox? We muzzle the ox all the time, right? In any type of, any type of, I mean, we don't really use oxen anymore with, with mechanized equipment. But before mechanized equipment, people muzzled the ox. Why? Huh? Okay, so you don't eat the grain? And so you don't spit on the grain. That's kind of nasty. All right. Um, so, yeah. 
So, so think about think about the idea. He says he doesn't. God, you can feed the cow before or after, and it's not going to starve to death, right? He says he wrote it for one reason. And he wrote that command not to muzzle the ox for one reason. So Paul could come back fifteen hundred years later and say, "Don't muzzle the ox." It's a Bible. He put it in there. For 1,500 years, people had cow spit on their grain just so Paul could put it in 1 Corinthians. That's, that's what he's saying. Just so, just so God could have the precedent. Very inconvenient. Don't muzzle the ox. Now, what is the purpose? He's In connecting this to paying a preacher, or, or and, and the Bible even talks about paying elders, um, what was it that they gained from it? He says, those who plow should plow in what? Hope. What, explain hope. What does he mean by hope here? Okay. It's kind of weird. As it, oh, we don't think of hope like this. I guess from from this context, you know, whenever he says the plow and plows and threshers threshes, they ought to do so in hope of sharing the harvest. That I'm working really hard. There's going to be a reward for me at the end of this. Okay. Incentive. Yes. It's that's the. I have a hope. I have an incentive, in other words. It's not like we think of hope of heaven and all that. that. That's a different kind of hope. He's talking about having an incentive. Um, the last, the last, the previous chapters we talked about the, the um, you know, uh, being divided in your interests. He who's married cares about the things of the Lord. And when, when you're in two worlds... It's you get a little divided. You're like I've got to provide for my family. I've got to. I've got to do all these things. I've got to. And, and he's saying this is just one way in which you can you can have a person that is solely interested in these things while not denying their rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a right, but they have a right to family as well. So, so how are we going to have a person that works exclusively for, for God's things while still allowing them to have the right of family? Well, there's one solution, and that's that their family, much like the Levites, were, were given a special position mark. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the, the entire paragraph has to do with the worker has, has a right to share in the harvest. Oh, okay. Planting, growing, ending, whatever. Okay. That's that's everything in this paragraph. It goes back to that one basic concept, and then getting that idea across. <coughs> and you know, we have a right to the support. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And 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 we're gonna we're gonna kind of double back around on that. I want to branch off for a for a moment into into the um, idea of marriage. He spends a lot more time on the. Um, on the support. Why do you think he has to spend more time on the support? That's what he needs the most of. 
Well, he doesn't ever take advantage of it, actually. He's not talking about himself. Oh, there's nothing more, more controversial than when we start talking about money. Right? But once, once the topic of money comes in, people are like, mm, right? That's not true everywhere, I suppose. Um, we, we, we would go, you think here money's a, like a, you don't ask how much people make. Man, we went to Ukraine, and that's the first question they want to know, how much I make. You know, and it's like, uh, I have to explain a lot of things. Because uh, if I tell you how much I make, you're going to think that sounds like a lot. And I'm going to tell you right now that $1,000 a month is not a lot. Uh, but that sounds like a ton to you. But that's, uh, that's nothing. Uh, and so I'm going to have to explain uh, a lot of things. So I tried to get rid of the question, but um, they're pretty persistent. Uh, but, but money is controversial. Um, and... But he goes to marriage, and he's, he, he actually opens with the concept of marriage. Why would he have to talk about the right to be married? Okay. Yes. When you get paid, right? You you have everybody's had a boss that thought that since they paid you, they own you. But you you come you come to work. Uh, uh, I need you now. I need you tonight. You need to work late. You need to do it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this is my time. Right? Uh, I need you. I pay you. I own you. And there's that kind of idea uh, where um, <clears throat> I, I knew one, one guy. He was a minister. Um, and after being at this, this place, like, they kind of expected his wife to do this and that and the other. And he's like, you pay her a salary if you're going to tell her what to do. She's not a she's not a package deal with me. I mean, she does stuff. She she will do stuff, but you're not going to expect her to jump in and, and run this, that, and the other. I mean, those are positions. Those are things you want to run. It's, it's like you're not getting the bonus, right? She does plenty pro bono, but if you're going to expect it, you're going to pay her a salary. Um, and, and he had those clear, distinct lines uh, be, because you can be treated as an employee. And that, that's one of the things that he's trying to avoid, I think, be it the elders who are paid um, uh, and, or the evangelists. He says, actually, Paul says, listen, elders are deserving of double payment. So... Um, So he says, don't we have a right to take along a believing wife as do the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord, and 
the first pope was married? Oops. Um, so, <clears throat> if marriage is a right of those who have or who serve, what is it wrong to do? Forbid people to, to place an item where you say, well, if you are going to serve, you must do this. You cannot do that. That is wrong. <coughs> and he states it very clearly. So when you have a religion that teaches you're going to be a minister in our church, you can't do that. That means you can't post it as a part of your job description. You, uh, we're looking for uh, we're, we're, the, this position, the person should be single. Nope, you can't do that. Well, that's just the option. Each, each church has their right to determine what they want. No, you don't. There are some things you do not have a right to do. You do not have a right to infringe on a right. That's a right. You, you can't say, because that's how the Catholic Church tried to squeeze around this. Well, it's voluntary. You don't have to serve as a, as a priest or whatever. It's voluntary. No. <laughs> you have made it a part of the job description. A person wants to serve. You can't take away a right. And, and we live in a high-tech world where, where we're used to job descriptions and we're used to, you know, I wanted to, we're coming back from Ukraine, what do I do? I look on the message boards for churches posting this job, right? And, and, and so we found some, and that we're used to treating the position of an evangelist or elder as an employee. And he's saying, you've got to treat it different. It's not an employee, They are under God, and God gives them rights, and they have the same rights. You cannot take those away. Now, <clears throat> what about the payment? That's a right. Now, a place could say, listen, we have no money, so if you, you know. But you can't say as a matter of doctrine, we don't pay. That, that, that's changing a right. That's changing what God said and how God designed it. We have a right. Now, Paul said, I don't take advantage of this right. But I want you to be clear, it's still a right. Just because I haven't taken advantage of either of these two, it's still a right. So, let's just go back a chapter. And you have a situation where, I, I'm, I, I was trying to think of one, it's, it's really just kind of an academic discussion, but where the idea of marriage, let's just say, was somehow truly an offense to someone. They, they, someone came to a, to a church from a Catholic background, from, from a, let's go back a couple hundred years when there was monasteries and things like that, and they come to the church from this, and they really, really, truly believe that <clears throat> that 
the minister shouldn't be married. And they're in a church where there's more than one. He's like, or, 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 or here's this guy and he wants to get married. And you can't do that. Okay? I know it's a weird example. But I, I want to illustrate the difference between chapter 8 and chapter 9. You cannot require that brother to give it up for the weaker brother. He may be truly weaker, but it's a right. It's not a privilege. And you cannot require a right, a God-given right. That's the difference between these two chapters. Paul keeps them nice and neat and separate. Privileges, we can require someone to give up for the edification. Rights, you're just going to have to tough it out. What was the reason that Paul gave up his right in chapter 9? It's not for the edification of the weaker brother. Why does he give it up? Okay. Okay. All right. There's one reason. Because he wanted to. Okay, but why, what is he, like, towards the end of, of chapter 9, so, so he's, he's talked about it before. He's like, I wish all men were like, like me, and you can focus on things, and, and, and you can focus on the gospel, and that was, he kind of covered that in chapter 7. He says something that almost sounds not Christian. Okay, so, so he's, like, he's like, I don't make use of it. Um, <clears throat> so he says, I, I preach the gospel of Christ without charge, but he, up in verse 15, he says, I've, done, I've used none of these things, and I have, nor have I written these things that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die that anyone should make my boasting void. Okay, so what he's saying is like, listen, uh, when we talk about money, and when preachers talk about money, everyone thinks they're talking about it because they're talk they have a vested interest, right? Um, like, well, yeah, of course you're talking about giving because you get paid, right? There's, there's, that, there's, that, <laughs> there's that feeling, like, because we're, like, all sensitive about money. And he's like, listen, <laughs> I'm a neutral party. I'm just telling you to give. I never make a cent off of your tithes or offerings or anything. So when I tell you, you can trust me. And that was that was like a that was like a a, a thing. It's like I don't I don't make my I, I don't make I don't invalidate my preaching. He's not doing it for the money. Right. Yeah. He's and he's also like not altering the gospel to preach what they <coughs> want to hear. Correct. He's preaching the gospel right. as it it keeps him neutral, and he can just say what he what the the gospel says with no pull to one way or the other. Like, listen, I'm saying this for the next guy. You better pay him. That's his right. So I'm only going to be here. Right? I mean, he actually he's writing this, so he's already gone. When I come to you, I, I've, I've never taken money. I'm saying this for the people that are working there now. You need to pay them. So he, he talks about I may not, that I may not have used my authority to 
authority in the gospel, that almost suggests, you know, somebody who's paid might think, hey, I've been paid to do this. I know you should trust me. That's, that's a great point. I, I want to come back to that, Mark. Uh, uh, the other thing is, you know, he's not just staying in one place. He's yes. not just like, well, you're paying me, so I'm going to be around you. You expect me to be around you guys a lot. Yeah. He's moving around from place to place. He's going to different, he goes down later on in the chapter, he's going to different people, um, very different peoples, you know, to, to the Jews, to win the Jews, he becomes like a Jew, to the Gentiles, he becomes... You know, so he's he's doing different things for different people, and you know, you know, I guess even in today's mindset, you would expect like, well, I'm paying you, so you're gonna, we're expecting you to do this particular thing or act in this certain way, and he's freeing himself of all of that as well. There's yeah. No, there was no expectation because I'm not I'm not getting paid by anybody. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no loyalty <coughs> that I'm you know, betraying by going to this place yep. or that or. So, to your point, there is there is there's two tendencies um, with being paid, and I, I'll share them with you. One is to think that I'm paid for. Like you have anybody here who has a, a career in a thing, right? You you do a thing, you're good at it, you've been educated in it, and and you're paid for it. When someone comes along that has no experience or little experience or certainly doesn't have it as a profession, you kind of think you know more than them on that topic, right? We've been, well, I'm a doctor, right? And I get paid to, I've been to school for it, so I know everything about everything that has to do with the medical field, right? And you run into that. And there is a tendency to think that I went to a Bible college, I've been paid as a minister. I've worked in this field. This is my this is my resume. See, I know what I'm talking about. There's that tendency. Uh, there's another tendency, however, with being paid uh, that says I want to protect being paid, and 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 so that kind of pulls you the other way. Where I'm like, eh, I don't want to make waves because this is my employment, and, and so. It, it, it's weird. You're, you, being paid pulls you in absolutely two opposite directions. And Paul says, I don't have either of those pulls. I'm not paid. Fire me. <laughs> well, okay. I move on to the next town. Um, I haven't lost anything personally. I'm not, I'm not financially invested in it. So I'm just telling you this is the way it is. Um, and so, so he's not... He doesn't feel like he needs to change the gospel. Uh, And really, for him, it removes that element. And since he doesn't have a family, he's not invested that way, where his family has to have a payment of something, and this is what he does, right? So, So, I mean... I wouldn't say that he didn't gain anything. He stayed with people. You know, that's housing. You know, th- there's a, a benefit that he's receiving. But, but as far as financially, he didn't, he didn't receive anything. Um, so, uh, so that's his, his uh, I think, his dissertation on that. There's one other thing I wanted to mention, and I had forgotten. He used, he, he talks about the scripture. I want to go back to the payment concept in some of the examples he uses um, he talks about some of the, um, the the biblical precedents and we talked about the one in, in the Old Testament uh, 
Um, but verse 14, um, he says, and, and I apologize because I don't have my written notes, so I'm kind of doing this from off the top of my head. Um, he says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. When did the Lord command that? When did Jesus, that when, when we see the word in the New Testament, when we see the Lord, we're referring to Jesus, right? The Lord Jesus Christ. Um, when did the Lord command that? A worker is, and I think the exact wording of his pay. Okay, labor is worthy of his hire. Remember in Matthew chapter 10, he sends them out. He sends 70 men out. And he gave them some directions. What were the directions? Don't take anything with you. Right, this is that idea of trusting God that he was, uh, we talked about as a part of his ministry. And he's like, you're going to go and you're going to at least survive. Trust me, you will at least survive. Someone is going to be so thankful that they heard this news that they're going to want to open up their door to you like so thank you come in eat with us and, and things like that I, my um I, I'll, I'll tell you a true story and we'll we'll finish this my my um one of my professors uh who very good with money extremely good i mean his wallet i'm not sure how he didn't have a bad back his wallet was like never worked a secular job in his life Ever. And I paid for cars with cash. I mean, like, I'm like, he said, there were weeks where I got paid in chickens. Because <laughs> that's what they had. Farming community and, and stuff like that. Uh, raised three kids. And I mean, I'm like, how did he, I mean, very, very good with money. But, but listen, th there's times where you get paid in chickens. So, so there's times where... It, it's not great financially. Now, I've been blessed here. It wasn't always like that. Right? So um, there's ups and downs. And, and that is, he, so, so he's, he's pulled in Old Testament. He's like, throughout Old and New Testament, these, these are rights. And so long as we understand the, right, the difference between rights and privileges, right, this is how unity, this is how we maintain unity because we we sometimes think of the, the preacher or the elder as separate from the congregation. They're not they're part of the congregation too, and unity they have every right to to benefit from unity as well. Right? Um, just because they may we may consider them more mature or whatever, uh, and not the weaker brother doesn't mean that that they can be taken advantage of. Right? That that Unity means everybody's in this together when it comes down to it, regardless of role. Uh, it, that's that edifice. That edifice has to be built to house everybody. Any thoughts as we close? There you go. Did you go back to David's comment? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to. I wanted to to go back to. He was talking about the poles between, the, like the the. What, what being paid kind of the, the 
what it can do for if I understood you correctly, what it kind of the what it does emotionally or psychologically to the person being paid and the abuses that can come from that. Um, so all right, you're dismissed.